Viewer discretion is advised. There is some verbiage and behavior in today's show that is not deemed appropriate. We apologize if this behavior was offensive. Hi, ladies and gentlemen, witches and wizards, fans of all ages. Thank you for watching Nam Watch Review. Welcome. Remember, we are part of the Nam Talk Network. On this show, we review the latest film drop or a throwback celebrating a milestone while eating and drinking our favorite movie snacks and drinks. I am your host, Alejandro Cowie, and we are talking about Cradle to the Grave 2003. And I am enjoying some uh, uh, a shameless plug of Taco Bell, some tacos and some Dr. Pepper. And I'm joined by two badass guests. I would like to introduce them. First, I'd like to introduce Waya. Please introduce yourself, my friend, and what you're having today. What's up, everybody? It's Wyatt Paints here. Today, I'm sipping on an angry orchard, got that angry cider, and some cashews, the money of nuts. <laughs> nom, nom, nom. I love it. I love it. Mikey, returning the myth, the legend. I appreciate you, my friend. Please introduce yourself. No problem. Hey, it's Mikey here. I've got some fries, some old fries, and some, uh, some iced tea, so we're, we're going to deal with it tonight i guess excellent I yeah i have to tell you man like tea and fries are the only thing that i can have over and over again no matter whether they're hot or cold so love it oh these are these are stone cold <laughs> i'm like oh, okay well, I'll, I'll eat this god brings back high school <laughs> i like the energy a lot of positivity all right yeah. fantastic cold well fries was the pinnacle <laughs> of cuisine in high school man true. Dude, cold fries and pizza oh my god hey right. even cold yeah. taco bell shout out you can put eat those cold things. fries on a burger <laughs> yeah. hey, a little delicatessen there i love it mm -hmm. love it oh man let's get started here so eh, we're gonna talk about cradle to the grave now um this came out in 2003. I will say like 2004, about a year before I graduated. I'm going to date myself here. Excuse me, guys. <clears throat> uh, that being said, uh, I have to go ahead and start off. I have to. I want to go ahead and start with you, Mikey, at first and, and talk about um, if you can, if you remember where you were when this film first uh, came out or when you actually were when you first saw this film um, and uh, your initial feelings on it. Uh, it's tough to say. I can't remember exactly where. I mean, I was, I was in the Bay Area. Okay. <laughs> I remember seeing this in theaters with a bunch of my friends. We we're huge Jet Li fans. Um, also big, um, big uh, DMX fans. So I mean, you know. Um, Heck yeah. But I mean, yeah. I mean, I think this time of my life was just like one of those times where I was just like having fun, going to movies every Friday with my buddies, and it was just a good time. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Uh, Why well, uh, you, you, my friend? In regards to, uh, do you remember a lot when you saw this film yourself? Uh, yeah. See, the thing is, I didn't see when it first came out. I was a young adult. Unlike you, I had a couple of years outside of high school. <laughs> gotcha. But okay. I, was, I was still, at the time, pretty balls deep in my Jet Li era. But at that time, I was more focused on his stuff that he made earlier in China. Because, honestly, it, at that point, he only had, like, three or four films out. You know, Lethal Weapon 4, Romeo Must Die, The mm -hmm. One they were just starting to let him have a little bit of control, but it was still very Americanized movies. So I didn't see this one until later. Yeah. Like maybe probably around like two, uh, 2008 ish. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. Well, I love that you mentioned that man, because uh, you know, actually going into it, technically speaking, this was his like, uh, second film coming in, uh, Romeo. I'm not Romeo Must Die. I'm sorry, because uh, you do have uh, Romeo Must Die, but this is technically second film. Uh, you had a uh, Lethal Weapon. You mentioned before was like his major debut, uh, and it was just oh my god! I just 
the persona of him. You see this guy on screen and is just amazing, which later made me a little more obsessive about him in the the film, The One, which I loved uh, for a while now. But anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, let's go ahead and start off at the beginning of the film. So you had a classic high style film. We're looking at DMX, got an introduction coming in with the Julie Diamond Exchange coming in with, oh my God, I have to say this right now. For some odd reason, the entry soundtrack for me with NMNM going on right there, I was just, I, I was into it. That brought a lot of high school years, a little bit of the last school years after a while. Um, but you, you see this whole gather up, this buildup from, you know, them sneaking into the train station going DNX with, I believe, um, I can't think of his name, a drag on at the time being uh, was with them. And they're actually in the, you know, in the subway uh, getting ready just before. There's a couple things I'll actually I'll have to touch base a little bit later on there. But, you know, the concept of them just getting ready to it looks like about to. I would say rob this you know diamond exchange here um and this you know point here you do see everybody like tommy uh you do see other people um like uh oh, i can't think of her name right now uh anthony Gabri- anderson and gabrielle union yeah gabrielle yeah, exactly oh, yeah. You, you see you know them actually in the beginning in particular this whole group um and as and it's very classic early 2000s very action it's very you know you do see you know the uh you definitely see the tools you definitely see what they're rocking with you know the whole concept of the film going in there uh the funny 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 little plot twist in in real gabrielle is not actually uh the one that's going to have to distract the, uh the guard you actually have tommy throwing his you know uh throwing his oh god and his acting in this initial concept that you you actually see some really good uh, which it could be possibly improv which i you know saw little notes here and there that that wasn't totally scripted uh that being said i actually want to start with you mikey in regards to the beginning of this film we know this beginning starting to be a heist we see these big names and these faces here i have to ask you what is your feelings towards the first about 10 to 15 minutes of the film um when i rewatch it again Uh i was just i was just um going back to like wow this is like textbook heist type type stuff i'm like oh this is like before oceans 11 this is like this is kind of cool and then i remember and then i forgot gabrielle union was in this movie she i i have a crush on her for a long time <laughs> oh my god and then um and then the twist i do remember the twist back in the day when i watched it first and i was like oh this is this is where i started thinking auntie anderson was really funny um <laughs> it's it's great it's a great setup you know exactly what the crew is about what what who, who does what in the crew um the hierarchy of the whole thing i thought it was very funny that like they had like a no guns policy at first yeah. like, hmm, okay <laughs> interesting there and then um so just the crew himself it was great uh the setup of the movie you understand it it's great um and then the little glimpse you get of jet lee i'm like oh this is, this is like this is gonna be good this is gonna be good i was getting into it again i was like taking me back to my my, my old days so i mean yeah it was great excellent excellent well uh, you you my friend uh, what was your feelings for the first 15 minutes of the film I'm conflicted, man. Conflicted. <laughs> please, please do tell. Please do tell. I love the cast, and I love the idea of a more drama-focused rush hour because that's essentially what it is. But then the continuity mistakes p- just pull me out of it because I'm like, you see DMX rolling up for this heist, dudes wearing head-to-toe black denim. I'm like, that's not what you wear for a heist, my dude. He's running in Tim's. <laughs> And like, yo, this is nothing. You wear none of this for us heist, especially your chain. Why are you wearing your chain at a heist? Also, how how come the vault has access from the subway through like I even <laughs> ate this shit? I mean, like it's just it's just right there. Just oh, here's an X already on it. Just cut right here. We in the vault. That's the worst vault ever. Then I'm like, yo, you got Jet Li in this movie, and 
and nobody on his fight crew was like, yo, maybe, maybe DMX shouldn't be wearing Timberlands trying to kick people all day because <laughs> I have a problem with this because like, yo, you got Jet Li in the movie. DMX should be fighting anybody. Jet Li should do yeah. all the fightings. DMX is there for his attitude and street cred. That's the American side. And then you have the Asian side because that was the whole dichotomy that you were bringing them together. And then you're just like, no, DMX shouldn't be fighting. Yep. Come on. 100%. 100%. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you bring it up because I, I wasn't going to bring it up until a little later. But all right. You're right. So you're you're looking at a situation where we have there in the subway, right? So him and Dragon are actually running down the subway. Both of them have pans dragging past their Timberlands and wondering why they're tripping in the first place. Let alone, here's my problem. Not only are they running in the subway, the train's falling really fast behind lights going on, they're running, right? You see the camera on the ledge of the area that they can hop on at any time and watch that train go by and then hop back on to do it. No, they sprint all the way over to this damn door and risk getting their asses slammed by the train to like pop the lock. The thing and get is in. They, weren't, they weren't even in risk. That's literally a walkway that all of the service people use so that they can walk down the tunnel and the train won't hit them. But he like pulls them but in. Say, like don't he say Hollywood him. secrets. <laughs> Bro. Yeah, but this is he just wanted to look cool. He just wanted to look the cool dodge of the train. That's what he wanted to do. Yeah, but this is an Independence Day, and he's not a golden retriever that I want to see make it. Okay? This is the first five minutes of the movie. There is no stakes. Yeah. No, yeah, and 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 you know, I'm trying to think about this, and you know, in this initial, when I first saw the film, I was hyped about the introduction. You know, the lights, the sound, the soundtrack had me hyped. You had, you know, R&B artists that were well known up in front of you, shiny lights. I mean, oh, my God, Gabrielle's gorgeous. I mean, you had, it, it, it was fantastic. You know, at that time, what I would call late 90s, early 2000s acting, they were the shit. My only issue, per se, with some of the acting was not really necessarily DMX's fault, but DMX is DMX. So he's going to be it, it, how he delivers a line is just got how he delivers a line. And it, and he's trying to be himself. You so, hired DMX sorry, to be DMX. Yeah. DMX yeah. was, his, you know, Anthony, Anthony Fate. You know, that was yeah. that's who it was. I mean, so, I mean, at the time being, you really can't get upset of that per se. So if there are some uh, little debacles here that I'm about to point out at the film, it's not to actually necessarily chew the film out per se, but just to show some things that we can now chuckle out. But just a side note, I want to go ahead and look into the comments here over here. We have Q over here. Q balls, how was your day? sister making his reference to producer steph um uh he is mentioning too that he's having some uh, tater tot casserole oh my god that sounds delicious mm. what's up q good to see you my friend uh he says my popcorn rating is five out of five this movie is a good movie oh. and it was a great action film and i was like dmx in this? i watched it and i think he was good but jet oh. lee was better because his martial arts skills made dmx and the movie look good the action scenes were the shit i'm sorry dmx is mediocre actor when he started acting it's all good you pick it up that that dmx is the, is mediocre but you still sip it for this movie giving it five out of five come well, on he, you gotta I, drop that at least half <laughs> but here's the thing you i have to tell you your five out of five is how i was feeling initially when i first saw the film um for me when i initially came out here like i said initially was the lights the sound at the time being i thought the technology was the shit i mean he even took a little digital camera at that time and did and followed the camera around <laughs> he took How his little plastic that... pop 
Jet lock thing. How <laughs> that little like, camera? Like, I, that's ridiculous. Oh my god, that camera looks cannon like, placement. <laughs> dude, that camera looks like more like 2001 right for yeah, 2004. That is. <laughs> but I mean, wow. at that time being, that was the shit. And I will say there are some things that will clarify that we're like, wait a minute, why couldn't you do this? But you got to realize that that Motorola dial phone text messaging was kind of new back then still. So <laughs> AIM was the shit. You, I used to like hit up my friends on AO instant messages to write emo messages. So technically you couldn't tell them about the plutonium diamonds that happened to be trying to be found by the Taiwan don't, police. Don't get me started. <laughs> so, so, that being said, so, so now, now that being said, little, our little uh, jokes here and there in regards to uh, some of the, some of the jokes in there, but let's go ahead and say here at this part of the film, we know uh, they are on a diamond heist at this diamond exchange. Uh, we get at the point uh, why you mentioned before uh, this sewage area that is connected to the back end of the diamond exchange which i'm trying to figure out how they eventually got under through the sewage flight and actually went in using a high-tech torch system and went through the floor now once they got through the floor you see they're like getting everything right but evidently the one thing that shows movie magic is the black diamonds right exactly (laughs) so we see this going on and then uh, we're introduced to jet lee the man himself kind of at the point he's it's kind of going back and forth between scenes between the diamond exchange and uh actually jet lee doing some amazing freaking parkour down this freaking apartment complex going to a person which yeah, i'm going to yeah. introduce now as the high tech i literally to me he looked like a what's the term oh god i'm gonna um napoleon dynamite he looked like napoleon dynamite with a very like lavish shoot and i can't get it out of my head now so at this point we got jet lee kicking this guy in the face multiple times this guy's like thinks he can take him on doesn't take the hint the first couple kicks and then you know he's getting no his one ass never kicked does in Jet Li's introduction <laughs> yeah. Jackie Chan they always assume they thought oh, I got this guy I know right I know right and then he, he shows up in your room and then you. like come on I know like, <laughs> he just shows up like, you're in the, like high up there in the building and like oh I can fight him sure I, yeah, <laughs> he just showed up <laughs> exactly never mind that he dropped I mean the fact that he dropped one story should already tell you yeah. he had so much like you know you know power in general oh well, i know here side <laughs> note here i got the i have to get, talk to cue ball here because he made a reference he's hold up i'm just saying dmx is a better rapper than an actor he wasn't used to type a dialogue to a script but other the films he was uh he got more better no i i get what you're saying there q by all means all right. he was definitely brought in for meeting his, you know what he needed to do and honestly if a lot of people back then like DMX is, you know, RIP, fantastic, fantastic artist. Uh, the reason why I say fantastic artist is because he had faults and he saw those faults and he met them later, in my opinion. Didn't necessarily always did that in the beginning. But for what who he was in the film, he played what he what he needed to play. So I totally get what you mean, my friend. Um, now, on that next statement here, we have Jet Li going in, kicking the shit out of the uh, uh, suited man, asking about diamonds. We're not too sure who Jet Li is necessarily is at the time, uh, but we know that he is a shattery and mysterious figure going over these what happens to be black diamonds now in the crew's hand. Uh, Ku gets the diamonds, they leave. Jet Li somehow mysteriously, you know, timeline goes up, boom, zooms in, how's all pops in the damn fucking subway tunnel. He's duking it out with Dragon in this point. Now, I'm going to have to pause right now. This epic exchange of duking out at this point, fighting, we know what's going on. Why I have to go to you, man. I see some excitement. What are you feeling, man? Where are we at? How how are you feeling at this time being? It's just a little thing I'd like to put a pin in it for later. But I would like you to note that during this heist, when they bring up the whole Black Diamonds, Mm -hmm. okay, 
DMX makes specific reference to all the different diamonds they get and like, oh, this is a $2 million diamond. And this is a million dollar diamond. And they're grabbing bags of these, bags uh-huh. of these. <laughs> but the true MacGuffin are these black diamonds. And we're, I'm going to touch back on this specific oh, no, point. Please, please do, yeah. That all the other diamonds were million dollar diamonds. But we're going to come back to when we start selling these black diamonds, what they, what they <laughs> yeah, sell for. I'm, I'm thinking about the same thing we're thinking <laughs> yeah. about, too. I'm, I thought the same exact thing. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Okay, cool. Like, okay. Uh, right. So, so producer stuff help us out, too, as well. Side pin the worth of these black diamonds when they sell in the black market. That's a very, why that's a very good fucking point. Excuse me, my language, I, I'm sorry, but that's an excellent point. Uh, uh, <laughs> the hey, price reference point and everything. You can't watch language <laughs> when we're talking about DMX movies. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Yeah. Very true. I'm going to take a slight drink here. Chug. But, chug, 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 chug. Um, but, so that being said, uh, now we're at this part of the film. Um, obviously, you have an exchange between. Well, we're gonna we're gonna say his spoiler alert. His name's Sue at this moment, uh, but we're still mysterious man number one that kicks the shit out of his one of his right hand men. Um, what's Dragon's name in the film here? Forgettable. Wanna... Oh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, he disappears after the ten Where minutes. Mark, is he you know? at? evidently he's going at the end of the oh miles there we go uh, he just he's at the end of the cast list so i can oh, damn exactly hey, hey, hey no 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 shade i'm sorry i'm like i'm not even on the cast list so there, hey there was a lot uh, of scenes where they were just telling him all right so you're gonna be in the background here just like look and be concerned but let everybody on, else talk was he on the same record label as dmx at the time is that why they just brought him in because he doesn't seem like he fits in at all i don't understand why he was there or networking, who know? And, and like, I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to see if there's any little, you know, tidbits on there, which I'm gonna probably look, look a little later. Because I feel as like well. they're a part of the same crew of same uh, record label. So that would make gotcha. sense. Yeah, gotcha. would make sense. Gotcha. <laughs> so we got Miles just got his ass kicked by uh, Sue, right? Uh, <laughs> I love saw, this because now I'm thinking about a Johnny Cash reference, a man named Sue. So anyway, <laughs> that is fantastic. Anyway, that being said, uh, now Miles got his ass kicked by Sue at this point, right? And the one thing I kind of thought dangerous is Sue took a freaking pipe, a metal pipe on the damn train tracks that we just established that are electric. And so, hey, you know, but he's a man, the myth, the legend. So I'm not going to actually judge anybody that I'd be, <clears throat> you know, that could kick anybody's ass so but anyway that's not the point anyway so miles gets his ass kicked they fast forward after an epic freaking you know fast train scene i have to get a pity on this train scene mike i have to start with you my friend they're on a high speed train right just after yeah. a little bit of titty acknowledgement by dmx and gabrielle union there and decided to go ahead and be on this train mad at it <laughs> <laughs> so now this train I'll is going gabrielle high speed yeah. huh? absolutely yeah, he's like movie. this he's, he winked at titties producer of titties yeah he, man's a weakness dmx know what he likes okay and (laughs) mr fate likes him some tatas um but at that point now i'll keep on calling her gabrielle i want to make sure i get her that is uh, right gabrielle union okay cool cool oh my Mm -hmm. god i'll never forget that name (laughs) but her name's but her name's daria on on the film uh, the character type Daria. <laughs> yeah. There's actually side note. DMX messes up on one of the actual lines, and it's actually on the film still. And he calls Daria Gabrielle a real name. Mm. So, and it's 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 one of those things. That's ha. Well, uh, anyway. But that being said, uh, DMX, now- <laughs> yeah. I'd be distracted too. <laughs> ah, God oh, dang. yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. 
Yeah, she hasn't misses LeBron James yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. God. Okay. Hey, wait a minute. All right. We know the film made reference to to, to the chesticles. Okay. She made the reference to the chesticles. Now, at that point, this thing is going high speed. Mike, I have to ask you now. What you're feeling on the whole high speed, like almost falling off the train yeah, how they, scene? How are they not dead? Basically, <laughs> <laughs> like, I kept waiting for her to just fall off and like, okay, like you know, I mean, I figured that she would be like, I, I would hate if she fell off because I mean, that's one of the main reasons I was watching the movie already. But I mean, um, it was kind of a ridiculous scene, uh, not not the last of the ridiculous scenes in this movie. Okay, um, okay. <laughs> I did notice. I, I guess it was it was the main part of the main thing we got out of that was that they also dropped another bag of diamonds because she dropped one of the bags there so that the only thing they had left were the black diamonds ah that's Uh, right so so that was the only thing they had from that heist and that's why they're so mad later on it was a that that entire train scene was kind of pointless kind of like a whole like uh well speed did it (laughs) let's do it I had a big problem with it because nobody knew that they took that route to escape. So they could have went back to that train channel and picked up the bag of diamonds, a place that they scouted out quite well for the heist itself. Be like, oh, we took the the same thing. We can just go back and grab that bag. See, I was saying the same thing. If they if they got that, like you said, why if they got that enough, you know, information or scope enough to go ahead and find out how to get in there, you'd think they'd have like an alternative route to get there. That's a very good point. You know, well, Miles was still in the tunnel. He could have. Yeah. He could have just backtracked. Uh, I don't know. But yeah. That's true. I mean, he was kind of nervous though because he did, he did say he got his ass kicked by a dude, and he was like, "Can we rethink the no guns policy?" Yeah, because- he got jet lead. Okay, uh, oh, so yeah. just to let you guys know, I'd like to take your guys' drinks. Uh, cue ball. Thank you, my friend. Redeem some points to hydrate. Hydrate. Don't hydrate. Thank you, Q. I appreciate you, my friend. Speaking of Q, Q ball says, I do agree with you, Alex. The soundtrack was banging and it fit with the feel of the time of the ghetto and the underworld activity. The film, I feel, is, the mo- uh, is like a modern martial art gangster film, can be put up there with The Godfather and Scarface. You know, I see that what? vibe. I could, I can see the, the the vibe ish of it, ish. I get into Mike. Yeah, so he goes, what? <laughs> uh, hey, he said he could fit there with the, the style. Okay, no, we didn't. Hey, we didn't. We didn't even okay. put it on the same shelf. Dude, dude, oh, that's awesome. Well, guys. <laughs> but hey, hey, we'll 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 compare. We'll compare the statuses those no, later. I'm glad you <laughs> enjoyed it as much. I'm glad you enjoyed it. That's awesome. No, um, let's see here. What was I gonna say? Now, so at this point, we are at this uh, area. Oh my God! We are at the we're at the train. We we just discussed. We're trying to figure out why they didn't backtrack for the diamond the train station. Um, but at this point, fast forward, they are now at I would believe Mr. Fate's house, uh, which is a very 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 nice house. Um, and they're in. I would say fast forward a little bit. We see you know he has a daughter. The daughter, uh, very sweet seems he's a family-oriented man, gets them down to being like, he's very, uh, it shows Mr. Fate is a human being. Because you see him actually being the lead guy, DMX, and I think they really needed the baby, the, the, the you know, the, the baby daughter, the, the, the girl uh, being in here just to go ahead and show some humanity, in my opinion. That being no, said- showed him being a bad father. Ah! This might be a hot take. Okay, so this is, what, this is- What kind of father- gives her what is she 12 at most uh, yeah. 12 yeah. year old daughter here's a million dollar oh, nine, diamond nine. on a platinum chain <laughs> is she gonna just wear that, wear that. just like, wear that around you fine 
Everybody know you DMX daughter. Nobody got mess. <laughs> Wait, with hold you. on, hold on. on. You to, if he's in the house, though, gotta think. Good, excellent point, though. If he's in the house, though, what educational system does she have, though? She might I have mean, a private school. No, they have a wonderful house, even still. Even still at a private school, you do not send a child. No, no, you're you're th- you're right. Don't give it to her. I you mean. just stole. It's me, they just stole. This is not, and it's not even gonna be like a random diamond. It's probably okay, yeah. okay. quite well okay. known. Yeah, it's the only Ho- diamond home school. that they have. So that so someone's gonna be looking for it. Exactly. Like, it hey, what's mall. this nine-year-old doing with this million dollar diamond? Maybe we should look into that. Yeah, maybe. Hey, it's homeschooled, okay? Is 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 is, is that Beyonce's kid? No. <laughs> Whose kid is that? DMX? <laughs> hey, yeah, he stole that. He stole hey, why, uh, that. <laughs> hey, 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 that that that's Mr. Fate's kid. Okay. <laughs> he definitely stole that. <laughs> okay. All right. Maybe if so, his last name was Kardashian, all right, no. I can see them going to school with a million dollar diamond because they ain't thinking so much. Like, <laughs> come on. You don't okay. oh, that's such a bad dive move. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, just regardless of his bad father attributes in this film right now. All right, so we, we're at we're back at the Fates place, right? Uh, they discuss um, their loss of money. They discuss they possibly are being interfered with international uh, international interference, um, and they're clueless about it right now. So we bring in Tom Arnold, Archie, because you have um, you actually have Mr. Fate going over there to talk with him to show him these black diamonds. Uh, Archie acts semi clueless in this concept. You are then introduced to Kelly Hu, which is the right hand woman of uh, Mark Dasko's his Ling. Yeah. Oh God. I said, man, he's like Kung Fu master. He is the man of like the myth, the legend itself too. So having, you know, having a opposing person to Jet Li, I could definitely see him being like that yeah. opposing force. That was time. it just me or was Tom Arnold just playing the same character from oh, Tom Arnold? Tom, <laughs> Tom Arnold. Oh, he's playing the same character. From Dude, Exit that Wounds you also. just blew my freaking mind. Why I didn't he's even think about that. Exit Wounds, the Seagal yeah. one. He- where he was Sick also guy. with Anthony Anderson, I believe. He made a lot of paychecks playing both that of you. same It's just, just going, <laughs> boom, boom, boom. like, is are you guys telling me that Tom Arnold is the Keanu Reeves acting? So you're just gonna love him anyway, but he's always gonna be Tom Arnold. Is that what you're telling oh, me? He had he Tom had Arnold like a five year spent. He was good. He's the luckiest actor in the world. <laughs> big movies, like he was he was Roseanne's like. Loser he, husband. Yeah, he paid for then, it though. He was not the loser husband. He he took a hit for the team there. <laughs> Sorry if I messed the mic up here. I uh, got too excited with that laugh and jumped back and hit things oh, there. Man. God dang it! <laughs> Why? I swear. I got hot takes tonight. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. So now here we at. Um, they're discussing what this possibly is. Uh, we're getting combinations of now seeing the bad guys looking for the reference calling um fate himself uh fast forward with the discussion and you know i'm going to go ahead and speed this a little up a little bit more we get to the interaction back at the location between fate and sue so they're duking it out fate does a couple of haymakers a couple of timberland kicks to the chest and uh, jet lee funny fact he fights with only one hand 95 percent of this film one freaking hand and half the time he's like Jet now is Jet. Like he's the best thing of this film, in my opinion. I, I have the damn time. But anyway, at this point, you yeah. see them doing their uh, little both um, antagonist Duke outs, going, "I respect you. I respect me," kind of deal. Kind of at this point, and we finally figure out that 
you have Mr. I want to again say his name. Um, uh, not Sue himself, but the actual opposing guy here, Ling. So at this point, Sue, let's fate no hey i need these back i'm part of the taiwanese government because he makes introduction back with tom arnold this whole interaction goes into trifecta of finally explaining that the taiwanese government's involved tom arnold finally figures out these things are going to be possibly nuclear active uh because you know sue didn't want to admit this to scare anybody else fate now knows that his daughter's kidnapped because in this process of them finding out ling's like ha, ah, okay cool your daughter's mine uh we figure out you know kelly sue at the same time is a badass because fake dollar tries to mouth off she's be quiet oh that was very loud i apologize to anybody's <laughs> listening oh my lord that was like a, that was i apologize for anybody's like listening i'm really sorry so at that at this point this whole trifecta of messiness because we know that ling and his crew actually is going ahead and try to sell these <clears throat> black diamonds for these prices we're about to discuss and the fact that you know now they actually kidnap fate's kid because it's the only way they can figure out how to interfere with a guy that screwed up their initial deal all right that being said mikey i have to actually start with you on this all right so we just came from the heist we just came with multiple duke outs in the situation we haven't got to the biggest fight yet however there's a lot of craziness going on how are we feeling? Is it too fast? Is it too fast paced? Is it a decent pace? Is it just perfect Hollywood sound, lights and sounds of fighting? What's your opinion so far? It's not too fast paced. It doesn't make sense. Okay, there we go. Sure. Cool. Okay. Um, just to pick up a pin that Wyatt dropped there. I mean, the they're talking about the stones. They don't know what they they didn't know what they had when they got it. Mm-hmm. They go to check it out, mm-hmm. and then Tom Arnold's character takes it around to shop it out, and they lose the stones. First of all. If they didn't know what it was, why did they get it in the first place? Secondly, <laughs> secondly, so the stones are apparently they're supposed to be radioactive, is from what, from what I get, or like they're inert basically at the time. They need to be activated to become radioactive. Yes, makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> okay, we'll go with that for a minute. I mean, if you want to go with that, and then the government loses these. They send one agent, one agent to recover these stones. Um, doesn't make any sense, but I'm 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 going with it for now. Um, <laughs> fast pace. I mean, for this type of movie, you have to you have to like put all logic out the window. It doesn't make sense. Um, the fact that DMX kind of held his own against Jet Li makes another makes absolutely no sense. Even though he was like one handed, we were like fighting with his one hand behind his back. DMX, come on, <laughs> that's ridiculous right there. Um, and then uh, yeah, I mean. Just the, also, they're in LA. How do they get everywhere so quickly in LA? That's that's uh, everything that's happens in like four blocks. Yeah, <laughs> within the same area apparently, because there's like no time. Like they're just instantaneously at one one other side. They of the never time leave together. the eight one eight. That's Which is funny because that, that brings me to the next thing, Mikey. It's funny you say that because you actually have them at this point. They are now a duo. They come to accept that they need each other, right? And you have the rest of the crew. Uh, doing their own thing, which we don't know what the hell the crew is doing at this time being. We know that they're off somewhere else, but we just know that DMX and Jet Li keep dual fighting these these guys back and forth. Ironically, like double dragon on the streets, which I find kind of cool. Now, yeah. given Mikey, I will give you like this. I do agree that technically the way they had DMX fighting, it shouldn't have matched the way that Jet Li was fighting. But I do agree they were trying to go up the whole concept of like the classic American style street brawl, but it just wasn't coming off that way mm-hmm. and I, I totally i totally get that as well that being said 
you have them um, going back and forth. Tom, all, Mike, you mentioned before, uh, they uh, go ahead and finally figure out what these things are. Sue pretty much knows what these things are the whole time and finally acknowledges, okay, cool, that's what these are. Um, at that time, before this acknowledgement, I have to talk before we go into this you know, pricing war and so forth for the, um, the stones or what you're going to call the actual... MacGuffins. Yeah, thank you. Um, so at this time being, you actually go ahead and have Tom Arnold and Jet Li have a lovely, lovely uh, scene together in the underground fighting world. Now, <laughs> I will tell you this. In my opinion, this is one of the scenes that make this whole film everything. Now, I, the reason why I want to talk about this and, and why I would love to start with you on this is we've been going back, back and forth. I, I, in my opinion, this film, this part of this whole thing is if I only saw this, I'd be like, all right, cool. I give this film a four out of five. Unfortunately, we saw a lot of content, some things that with the film too, we don't necessarily yeah. agree with. That being said, wait, how did you feel with this whole fighting scene, the introduction to it? What was your vibe on it, my friend? Um, do you know, I've seen this kind of scene a lot in mm -hmm. martial arts movies or, you know, action movies where they go to the tournament underground fight scene and we're going to, it's basically to build up how really good our main fighter is right. Mm -hmm. And one of the, the key things that this movie did is that it dropped a lot of key cameos. You had Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, Randy Norton, all making cameos here. It kind of upset me that they made uh, Tito Ortiz, essentially the hero bad guy and just take like five, six shots from Jet Li and act like, mm -hmm. oh, well, I'm a big, I'm a big American <laughs> brick. You're not going to stop me. You know, uh, I did like that they had fun with Jet Li, but it got to the point of silly towards the end where they're doing the trampoline stuff. Like I loved inside the cage and then yeah. they just kind of yeah. undermined the whole fight with the trampoline. Um, otherwise, you know what? It was serviceable. But the problem is with this one, like I said, it's an early Jet Li American film. Mm hmm. They really did not know how to effectively use Jet Li. And there was a there's moments where they're like, mm, that's beautiful, chef kiss. Uh -huh. But then you very much get that American action movie sentimentality where you're doing these really rapid cuts. And it's like, yo, you've got Jet Li. He can literally do the stuff. Just put the camera on him and roll it. Don't cut. He is fast enough that it looks amazing. And it's just cut to hell. With that said, I really appreciate that they dropped in those actual UFC fighters because this was like that moment for Jet Li to be elevated in the American audience of saying, yo, you remember how badass Bruce Lee was? Check this shit out. You, remember, you know Randy Orton? He just got handed to him. Crack face? He's done. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know Ortiz? He's done. Chuck Liddell? You don't even see him fight. He got himself out of the ring before it happened. He was like, what are they? <laughs> right. <laughs> he didn't want to look bad. Right? <laughs> like, I'm just, pay I'm just paid to show up. You, you can't pay me enough to lose, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. My goodness. Mike, I have to go with you, my friend. Uh, this fight scene, what what was your uh, vibes and energy towards it? How did you feel about it? Uh, I love seeing the MMA guys. I thought it was really funny. Um, I was I kept thinking about when it was going because I didn't I didn't remember it from the first time I'd seen it. Mm -hmm. I was like, I wonder which one is going to actually like allow themselves to look bad 
uh-huh. <laughs> on camera. Um, but uh, and then Chuck Liddell did not did not do it. So <laughs> so there you go. Um, but um, I agree also too that like they had Jet Li, they could have done so much more with them in this fight scene. Actually, when you think about it, when the cage comes down, you have an entire warehouse where they could he could have just done crazy stuff around there, and yet he stays doing little, little trampoline moves off the off the fence and like into the into the into the guys. I mean, they had they had basically a missed opportunity here where they could have just like showcased some of like his best moves in this area because like he he makes he, like he's fast. He's like he's 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 Jet Li. Come on, so like. The moves that he does around the uh, around um, building would be like ten times better than anything he does inside the cage. Like he's confined in this area, he just basically the same thing over and over again to these these MF uh, MF. Uh, sorry, are you good, man? You have guys. So I mean, it's like I don't know. It, it, it's like I felt like it's a missed opportunity. I thought the fight itself was is kind of cool to have him going against the the uh, UFC guys, but like. I don't know. It was. It didn't. It didn't hit for me. It just didn't hit for me. I got you. I got you. There's nothing wrong with that. See, that's the discussions are great. Now, funny you should say that because, um, like I said, at the time being when I saw it, I was just enamored with uh, Jet Li in general. And to me, it was the persona of a little man, like a little littler man, because I was like a buck twenty growing up. Like I, I think, and now all this fast food finally caught up with me. But I was a tiny kid, and uh, to me, um seeing somebody that was shorter than me but like fit and could kick people's asses like twice their size i was like oh this is great i was like just enamored by it but at the time being i was so enamored by the ability of it and not like what the likelihood of it was so interesting you said that though because t- technically speaking uh, technically speaking this was only the second film that they had him on uh when we were talking about um uh you mentioned it before why uh, lethal weapon four right yeah, Lethal Weapon 4, uh, Romeo yeah. Must Die, yeah. and The One. Oh, yeah, yeah. So technically... All came technic- out before this one. Yeah, so uh, hypothetically speaking, Lethal Weapon 4 was his only, what I would call his, because they were talking about in the order of what he did it, and technically speaking, Lethal Weapon 4 was the first one, uh, this was the second one, and this was the second introduction to fight choreographers they had in the United States. And that was interesting, because you guys are saying that he wasn't used much, and you think about it, yeah, I, he wasn't used much at all in regards to the, that concept. It did seem like uh, with what very little fighting styles they did use, though, it made a huge, huge mark because hypothetically speaking, this also led to all four creations of All Incredibles with his actual um, uh, relationship with the uh, UFC fighter. um, What is it? Randy Couture? Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. Uh, With uh, all four expendables. Evidently, they this movie was held the thought and actually almost brought up the concept of bringing the expendables up or helped bringing that concept up which is kind of interesting but that being said um i do see the very limited movement but with that movement it seems to be a pretty decent on that concept now as you guys said you see this guy is superhuman uh we're at this point why um sue is with archie in here and at the time being we have fate um actually discussing things with uh the prison godfather i'm going to call him with his uh, actual associates getting further information on the stone, which we find once again is going to be uh, massive weapons. Um, that being said, uh, you get to this point where <clears throat> he, once that discussion happens, fast forward again, they are now, I, I have to ask you guys, uh, what's your feeling on, uh, wait, I'm going to start with you. What's your feeling on the whole club scene when they go visit him and we have Tony masking <laughs> as the, uh, the, the exterminate. Uh... Oh, Okay. So 
non-talk of one of our fans redeemed you're so punny uh now question producer seth on the you're so punny thing because this is new to me uh do they have to in what style do they have to use puns the whole time or okay just one okay so Waya, could you create a funny pun and associated with this particular stream before you discuss the bug extermination scene what really bugged me about this <laughs> there you go yes, yes 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 let this be known i like that too much <laughs> <laughs> that it felt it felt very forced i mean i loved i loved anthony anderson's physical comedy and almost very improv but you know he felt mm, it was, yeah, let it out go it, ahead do it, it didn't feel like a believable grift at that okay. time it just yeah. felt like yeah. you know what we're gonna play on like let's just assume he's talking to an absolute idiot so that whatever he says <laughs> is gonna get him through the door and just say anthony be funny and he's gonna <laughs> let you and it bugged the hell out of me legitimately <laughs> and punningly Bug the hell out of me. <laughs> and the dude goes up there and drops some he drops some aerosol bombs you can get at the 99 cent store. I'm like, yeah, this is the dumbest security guard on the planet. I'm like, bro, I worked at a bar and man, you couldn't pay me to even get up to open up the door for you, let alone talk me into letting you in the club early into the manager's office. I don't even have a key to the manager's yeah. office. How the main got... guy's office. The main guy's office. Oh like, my that's God. where he does all his illegal <laughs> stuff. Yeah. So you're telling me the bug heist extermination wasn't believable. Yes. I mean, <laughs> the Gabrielle Union striptease was nice. I knew. I had to ask. I had to ask if that was seen. That's... She hoard in there. And was, that was, you know, that was, the that was for scene. me. That was, yeah. <laughs> okay, that was, that was so insane. so interesting thing about that is that I'm going to have to say <clears throat> the producers were kind of dicks on this portion because uh, they sprung that scene on her last minute. Uh, that wasn't in the original script and they sprung that scene on her the, I think it was like the day of. Um, but I don't know if she's still a devout Catholic, but at the time being she was a devout Catholic and after she did that scene, she immediately went to confession. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> doesn't, it doesn't seem like she was having a good time. I know, no, no. Yeah. So honestly, I like the way they worded it, it sounded humorous, but I hope and if it wasn't humorous, I do not mean to laugh at your ugh, shitty situation. But um, that being said, <laughs> we're going to go ahead past the extermination scene and it wasn't <laughs> believable. Uh, we're going on to the point where I'm going to test here at Mikey. I want to start with you, my friend. Yeah. We now understand who Sue is, where he comes from, Taiwanese government. The Handle crew understands that Fate's daughter's kidnapped. They don't know where she's at. She's made some random calls by snatching a phone, making a call. The only thing I disagree with her almost escaping in one of the scenes is when she drives the freaking van and somehow hits like water barrels and doesn't try more. Like for some odd reason, I would have ripped the van the other way if you're going to think it and just accelerated and kept going. But that's neither here or there. So we'll talk about this more still. So once again, you do have that crazy van scene. She gets and gives a call. So the, the family then once again knows that she's somewhere with vague explanation mm -hmm. of laser light show of the nuclear thing that they now assume is going to be the weapon that they are, they're about to auction off. Um, so they're trying to figure out what this place is, right? On that classic Motorola phone. Um, at the same time, everybody's going, you know, trying to gather up where everybody's going. Uh, fast forward, here we are. Let's go to the fact that they're selling the stones. 
All right, we already see the hateful interactions between the argument between the crew together. We already see that the crew's willing to bitch slap a little kid if she doesn't go ahead and find the way. So right now, these people mean business, right? So that being said, hold on. Hold on, I have to say this because... <laughs> Q-Ball says, if Gary the Union ever crossed my path and waved at me and wanted to buy me a drink, I would be so fucking awkward and shake my shot in my hand. <laughs> have I had shot shaking a hand? Yes, she is. She has that very confidence persona about it. I don't know if I could keep, you know, got to mm -hmm. keep my cool too, my friend. Good, good point, Q. Um, but that being said, just before this, now we actually have the one thing that we all want to talk about right now is now the auctioning of the nuclear material. Vietnams. All right. So, wait, I got to start with you, my friend. You look very excited about this. Then, Mikey, I want to go right back to you right here and let's talk about it. Here we go. Start off, my okay. friend. Okay, so we established that they were stealing bags of diamonds worth millions of dollars each, but these black diamonds were super special. But then they're even more special than regular black diamonds. Oh, no, because these are synthetic plutonium that are stable until you shoot a laser. It's so super science. Then, hey, we're going to sell these to some vaguely terrorist-type people. And what are we going to start the bidding on? Because we have 50 of these. $200,000 a piece. What a goddamn thousand a piece? <laughs> Ignore the million dollar, two million dollars. He gave his daughter a $1.2 million diamond. But let's get these. Here's the other thing about that sale. Because he's selling it to vaguely terrorist people that you would assume, oh, these are enemies of America. But then he's doing the sell in American dollars. I'm like, my guy, after they set off one of these nukes, which you're selling 50 of them, that $200,000 per is not going to be worth anything. And mind you, you know how much a nuke goes for on the black market? I mean, nah. bro, <laughs> Scud missiles are like 500000 And you're selling, I'm, I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Um, oh my god, I can't believe really. Oh my lord. All right, guys, I'm sorry to break this on you. You guys are gonna hate me, okay? And I'll start it off with this here. Um, cue ball, we love you, my friend. Redeemed a point called sing mode. So now, whatever we say, we have to slightly sing in tune. Now, in, in, a, in a tune, all right, it doesn't, <laughs> I know I cannot sing with a damn. So I got you. Okay, okay, I appreciate you. My money, terrorists. <laughs> they gave me some diamonds. What the hell is this? <laughs> yes, I got ripped off. Oh, yes, I did. Yeah, I'm pissed. <laughs> they took my money and the black diamonds <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh thank you i think he just did it for all of us so i'm on the spot here we got this in it five us, minutes so, so oh my lord on. so oh my gosh <laughs> all right Thanks so on that one. I, I try to think what i'm talking about now i i have to think what i'm about to talk about next i don't even know i have to sing this now i'm on the spot <laughs> <laughs> 
I have to sing as I, okay, I'm singing a song. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. All right, so the next thing we're going to talk about is going to be the auctioneer. I, I, I'm being stared at. I'm being stared at. I have to sing continuously about the auctioneer thing. So the next thing in which they did the Black Diamonds, I don't know. Uh, how could this, okay, Mikey, I have to throw you under the bus, buddy. I'm sorry for a brief 30 seconds, my friend. What? <laughs> brief 30 seconds, Mikey, help me out here. What is your opinion on the auctioneer scene? <laughs> They had the most carbon copy villains in the world. They had, <laughs> they <it>. had typical <laughs> comic book mustache twirly villains in the world. <laughs> basically, they had they had the worst villains in the world. Basically, <laughs> uh, uh, they had some was, suits and ties and some MP fives. I got you. I got you. There you go. <laughs> Thanks for finishing that off. Um, Vaguely foreign people. <laughs> there is typical bad guys. Um, it was ridiculous. Like what? Come on, with and the, the money they are offering, and at one point when they are like breaking down the auction and they're like going up to Kelly Who and like grabbing her by the arm, like no twenty, the one million over here, no 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 two million over here, and they're like grabbing her by the arm. She should have, she stopped the kid. Why didn't she kick them in the face? At that point, <laughs> uh, it, that whole auction scene was just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. No, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. bad. It was pretty bad. And then the whole setup to that was basically it was basically them getting ready to rescue the daughter. Yes. Um. So apparently, um. Uh, Miles is an expert sniper. Yeah. <laughs> um. Apparently, they can drive a tank all the way to the airport without anyone noticing. Um, Let's not forget the connected rooftops that you can just race across with. Oh, ATP. yeah, the the greatest uh, pause. Sold the Cuba movie. for a thankful thing. It wants to redeem, hydrate. Thank you, Cuba. I appreciate you, my friend. Thanks. Mm. Just for you, Q. I'm going to alter a slight song. Just go ahead, since I messed up, I was really lacking. I'm going to alter a song for you. It's going to be on top of a heist, all covered with blood. The terrorist stole my 45 slug. I went to his funeral. I went to his grave. Everyone threw flowers. I threw a grenade. Yay! There, there we go. go. My rendition. I butchered it, but I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Q. Thank you for being amazing and make us do these things. I'll remember you, sir. <laughs> that being said, um, uh, uh, Mikey and uh, why you guys were mentioning it. It's the classic. Um, you got your classic villains there. Unfortunately, I had my, my gripe was that the additional BIPOC happened to be all there. <laughs> <laughs> there i was like okay cool it happens to be everybody in the world i know they're international but why wasn't there anywhere else in the film but neither here and there we know how classic hollywood gets but um with that scene i do totally agree with you the tank coming in out of the middle of nowhere uh, i will say it was kind of cool to have tommy on the side with m240 machine gun duking out with an armored apc or with an M m1 tank um i, I will say that uh <laughs> the uh <laughs> shooting the helicopter out of the air wasn't exactly the safest move in my opinion at an international airport. Cause like my question is what if you missed the helicopter? <laughs> where, sure. where is that tank bullet going? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just I'm sorry. Saying. Even if you hit, it's going right through. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, 
Yeah, I will say that the whole the whole mystical sniper situation. But hey, now I will say though, given the scene between uh, Ling and you actually had Sue duking out, I will say that has to be one of the most gruesome deaths that stay with me to this day. The fact that Sue was just cold blooded, and he was like, "Hey, by the way, kaka in your mouth, swallow this, you know, nuclear thing." And not only that, sorry, producer starts to kill me as I clap right in the camera. I apologize, you'll be listening again. I apologize, but. All of a sudden, his neck splits open from the heat and just bakes from the inside out like a ridiculous thing of jerky. And Sue doesn't blink one eye. He just looks at him like he's just watching a grill. And I'm just like, damn, dude, that's intense. Yeah. I, I, I like I, cuisine. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, this is a kid. You know. Secret <laughs> ingredients, you, he's my the, dude. He's the chairman of Kitchen Stadium, so I mean, <laughs> there you go. All right. So being the fact that we understand the Taiwanese government's involved in this, you got the stones back, the FBI, CIA, everybody's involved. Somehow mystically comes as one airport and is there after everybody and all the bad guys blow up and die. Now, my question is this. Um, towards the end of the film, Mike, how are we feeling right now? We still are you still vibing with the initial popcorn buck? You have a three point five. If you want to do it lower, are you initially think it's. What do you think about it? The more I talk about it, the more I want to lower my score. Okay, okay, that's that's okay. Question: <laughs> What down to a two? What is a two? Okay, that's a yeah. okay. That's okay. It's two. Now I have a question: What uh, ultimately? What what's your like? Let's say about a minute or so. What is your re main reasonings? The initial viewing of it, I was like, it was just more like nostalgia. I was like, oh man, gotcha. I, really, I really remember this. I remember, I remember like liking these scenes. The the you know the ATV down, racing on the rooftops. I'm like, oh yeah, ridiculous. But I remember this. <laughs> and then I started thinking about it more after, especially after we're all talking here. I'm like, wow, this is really a bad movie. I didn't realize how bad of a movie it was. And uh, nostalgia aside, uh -huh. if I had watched it now, I think I'd probably feel ripped off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I mean, here's the thing. Like, you go to the movie, you go mm -hmm. to, if you're a Jet Li fan, you go to see Jet Li action. You don't really get that much. You don't get enough of it. If you're a DMX fan, you don't get... I mean, he plays second fiddle to Jet Li the whole time, basically, and he doesn't. I don't. I don't really buy his his his, uh, his arc and the supporting characters in there. I mean, I think they're wasted. Marta Costcos is like he's a good martial artist, um, but he he there's no there's no. He's not really an epic villain. fight scene. Yeah, yeah, no no good epic fight scenes. Yeah. Kelly Hughes in there, she's great, she's beautiful, but like um, doesn't do much. Um, uh, Gary Bill Union, of course, is in there. I mean. You know, she had some good scenes. <laughs> um, gotcha. But I mean, gotcha. I, overall, it was just like now that I look at it overall as a whole, not not that great of a movie. Not that great of a movie. That's okay. Hey, it, it's all good. We definitely discussed this. So go down to about two point. Oh, uh, you said two, a two. I go down to a two. Two. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. No problem. No problem. Why? What, what's your uh, opinions about the film we're at now? Are we still rocking the three out of five. If not, going lower and why? Oh, we're we're staying at a three out of five. Okay, I had some of the similar feelings for you. Yeah, it is a bad movie, but one thing to keep in mind is that this movie is not trying to be a good movie. That's why I disagree with one of our our, our viewers and saying I wouldn't even put it on the same shelf as Godfather and Scarface. It, gotcha. It's going to go on my shelf with Jet Li, sure, but it's also going to be on the bad half of Jet Li. It's not going to go <laughs> next to like. Fung Sayuk or Fist of Legend or anything like that. You know, this you can't is, even talk about Fist of Legend. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, yes, it's a bad movie, but it's really not trying to be a good movie. I think a lot of the people involved in this movie were going, you know what? People are going to come because they either want to see Jet Li or they want to see DMX. 
We're going to put a really good soundtrack in this. You know, it was competently made. Um, it has plenty of decent or good actors in it. And, you know, it the plot falls, falls through. But, you know, 80% of movies that came out between 1995 and 2005 have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I respect that. It's not Carlito's that. way. But... Uh, no, man. <laughs> not even part two either. We won't even mention that's in the same cow, but I got you. I got you. No, see, and that, that I love that both you, because this brings up some things over here that um, before I, you know, end this portion here. Um, but you guys are totally right. So initial financing for this film actually cost around close to 25 mil. Uh, they got around 16 mil on their weekend opening weekend, right? Uh, initially onto the United States box office, it stayed close just about sub 20 mil. International sales, it hit 52 mil. So in the end, you know, uh, the DVD sales and aftermarket sales is what really brought it up in that essence. For that very reason, a lot of people's theories were the fact that this was Jet Li's one of his introduction films, like we mentioned many times before. And a lot of people that be at big names such as DMX, Gabrielle Union, you're looking at things such as Tom Arnold. Uh, you know, these names were just being put, put out there. At the time being, they were like, you know, the who's who. I mean, as you guys said, Kelly Who being on there wasn't really used, nor was a homie itself. Um, he was never used in there yet. These were still huge names. So the theory was that these films were being bought to be seen afterwards, just as a, you know, things to have these names in it but for that reason because there was not that much beyond there um but uh the same thing I, i'm gonna be honest with you this is the first time i'm probably gonna go ahead and change my rating uh initially uh ahead of the many non-talk ones i've done i'm only gonna do it a 0.5 so it's not an epically downward spiral um initially it still holds the same initial uh, nostalgia for me uh just about who the actors are Obviously, I didn't do it for the acting. When I saw it, it was more of a high school thing uh, relating to who, you know, who's the who at the time being. And Jet Li was the shit when I first saw him. And I just thought he was amazing. That being said, you both are correct. They underused a lot of the actors they had. And they overused some of the angle shots and some old school things such as traditional 2000 films did. But that being said, I still hold it in the middle somewhere, something I'd buy on the on a film roster just to have it for DVD or just like Blu-ray or something like that. But I wouldn't necessarily suggest it unless you're just, you know, chilling, vibing. But that being said, before we go, I want both of you guys, if you can, please let uh, our audience know where they can find you on your socials. Uh, Mikey, we'll start for you, my friend. Where can we reach you? Gripsy47 on Instagram and basically all socials. Um, and also on uh, YouTube, you can find uh, me at uh, 3 of AK um it's a youtube channel that me and our friends did a while back yeah heck yeah fantastic why my friend where can we find you on your socials my friend uh well you can find me here on twitch Wyatt paints you can also find my youtube channel Wyatt paints uh yeah so hit me up i paint a lot and mess around hang out Heck yeah. Fantastic. Excellent. Well, everyone can find me on I am Cowie. I am C-O-W-I-E on Instagram where I'm doing half of my stuff in regards to entertainment, uh, rambles, you name it. Uh, also Crimson Cowie where I do a lot of toy photography, lifestyle shots, shenanigans, all that stuff. I appreciate you guys. Thank you, boy, for joining us today. Uh, had a great time with you. I hope you guys come back with us. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us as usual. Q Bali, the shout out to you. You're fantastic. Thanks for giving us a mouthful of stuff that we had to go ahead and compete with. And once again, guys, love, peace, chicken grease, never grow up, never surrender. Have a great night. Bye.